Welcome back to the Triple Year Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're new to Girl Scouts or whether you've been involved with Girl Scouts for a while, whether you're new to the podcast or you've been listening to the podcast for a while, no matter what, I am so glad that you are listening and I just appreciate that you're here and I really hope this is helpful. This episode is another episode in the series that I call Ask Me Anything. And the premise of this, if you're new to this, is basically if we were going to go to coffee or lunch or whatever, and you could pick my brain about anything related to Girl Scouts, then what would you want to ask? And so I'm not doing any additional research here. I'm not providing sources. This is not pre-scripted. It's just me speaking off the cuff, just like I would if we were sitting and chatting over coffee. So today's question, I screenshotted, but you know what? I actually don't have the person's name in here. It's a really long question. and I didn't even realize that her name is cut off. But anyway, so we're going to call this another anonymous one. This is a very long one. And I'm going to try to sort of summarize. Essentially, I think this person is new and they said we're all still getting to know one another she wants to build relationships and friendships but she also wants to jump into badges um so how do you vote on what badge and activities community service and fun patchwork they want to do also how do you actually plan your meetings to not feel like school i know the setup pre-meeting activity snack etc but do you take your outline for the meeting and read off of the outline while doing the activities? Do you have more than one activity and let them decide this or that? How does that work with supplies if they're needed? Do you use the supplies for something else? Seems like it can be costly over time. How do you keep the levels together and determine how to run the activities for badge work? Do you do more? So it looks like this person has both brownies and daisies. Do you do more brownie level things and make it work for the daisies? I just feel overwhelmed. There's a lot of activities to choose from, but it's a lot to decide what would be fun for the girls who I don't know yet. I've been trying to go ahead and make plans for our meetings for the year, but again, I don't know the girls yet to know if they will like what I choose. I do plan on letting them vote and pick three to five badges they want to do at meeting too and fun activities to give back in the community and I just want to do it right and have a good year. I don't want to fail my new troop. Any advice is appreciated. So the first thing I'm going to say if you're feeling like this, if you relate or if this person is listening is that the fact that you care as much as you do is already a really good indicator that you are not failing them. And the next thing that I want to say to try to just hopefully alleviate some of the overwhelm is that when we bring it back to GSLE principles, which I'm going to recap real quick in a minute, as long as you're doing the GSLE principles and the girls are physically and emotionally safe, you can't mess up. Okay, there's no wrong way to do it. And just providing safe space for them to explore and learn about themselves and learn about the world. That's already success. That's already so, so meaningful. Just giving them a safe space to be girls together. That is just incomparable in value. So you're already doing enough. And thank you for agreeing to step up and to lead a troop in your community. It's a really big deal. And it 
it really has lifelong impacts for the girls who participate. And I just, that's why they call it a movement because of all of us who are having lifelong impacts on all of the girls in our troop, even if they're only in our troop for a short amount of time, that's impacting our future. And that's really cool. That's really powerful. So just as a recap, the principles of GSLE, the main main characteristics, the three keys to leadership are discover, connect, and take action. And the processes, the ways by which we do those things, discover, connect, and take action, is girl-led, learning by doing, and cooperative learning. So as long as you're doing activities where the girls get to pursue some level of leadership and autonomy and decision-making, you are also giving them opportunities to be really hands-on and to be immersed in the activity and not just observing. And also you are giving them the opportunity to work together and to learn how to collaborate and cooperate with each other. You're doing it. You're doing the program. So you could plan literally any activity you want. And as long as those things are incorporated, you're not failing them. In fact, you're having like the maximum impact you could have. It's really that simple. And when we get caught up in trying to follow the outline and read off the outline and trying to make sure it's exactly right and like, I just want to plan this, that's actually when it starts to really feel like school. Even the meeting structure, there's nothing wrong with a meeting structure of having like pre-meeting activity snack, et cetera. There's nothing wrong with doing that um, with a really like uh, consistent and reliable, dependable schedule. Uh, a lot of girls really thrive on knowing what to expect and having a consistent experience every time they go, especially neurodivergent girls. That is really, really valuable. So I'm not knocking the structure, but giving yourself some grace and some space to just have a safe space for girls to be girls is literally enough. So with all of that being said, I think that kind of addresses the do you read off the outline. I mean, <laughs> I think it depends on how detailed your outline is. It's okay to use your outline, obviously, for reference to make sure you're staying on track and to work together with other volunteers in the room. That's super helpful. Uh, so if you like outlines and you want to work off an outline, that's awesome. If you hate outlines, lines and you can't work that way that's also fine it's not a problem so whatever works for you is correct and um and that's fine so if you want to read off that line you can and if you don't want to even use an outline you don't have to okay um do you have more than one activity and let them decide this or that so this is a great way to examine the concept of girl-led. I did just have an episode about this like a couple weeks ago about girl-led and the concept of girl-led and how we really achieve this in our troops. So I do recommend going back and reading that of like, here's what girl-led looks like. But you make a good point. Girl-led looks like girls having autonomy over their experience. So what I would say girl-led really means is that kids really get dragged through their life. Their life is entirely dictated for them and to them, and they are um, 
more observers than participants in the experience of their childhood. So they're dragged through often what, where they live, what to wear, what to eat, going to school, what subjects to go to, when, what you're doing in each class. They come home, they're dictated to do homework, maybe chores, whatever the structure or system is at home. But in order for them to fit into our parent lifestyle or our caregiver lifestyle um, as adults, we really need kids to just fit on a schedule and we're going to kind of drag them through it. And there's this whole concept of child-led, which also shows up with girl-led, where it's this idea that children are people and just like an adult wouldn't want to just be dragged through life and wouldn't take well to that. Some are going to do better with more structure than others, but structure when you are an active participant in creating the structure and deciding to follow the structure is totally different than having it like mandated to you. None of us really do well when we don't have autonomy over our body, our mind, our experiences, and the things, you know, the things that happen to us. So giving the girls in our troop the autonomy to make decisions is a great way to implement girl-led. So that could look like this or that activities. But you're right. That could get really expensive. And it's so much work because that means you're really planning like 16 different meetings of how the meeting could go depending on what they choose throughout the meeting, like a choose your own adventure type of thing. Now, a choose your own adventure style meeting could be very fun. But I would plan accordingly if you were going to do a choose your own adventure style meeting where the activities are going to use the same supplies or the supplies can be used in different ways for the different activities throughout the meeting. So it kind of gives you a little bit more. It kind of reminds me of like apps that you can, I think it's all recipes, but I'm not, don't quote me on that, that you can like put in basically your pantry, quote unquote, so you can list all the ingredients that you have on hand. And then it suggests recipes for ingredients that you have. So there's lots of different recipes you could do. And then you decide which recipe you want to do that's going to use those materials that you have on hand, right? So you could kind of create an experience like that. Again, though, I'm going to say that that could be fun to do here and there. But as a general way of planning your troop, that sounds like a lot of work. It does sound very cool. And if you want to do it and you have the bandwidth to do it, by all means, do that. But it is going to be time consuming and it is going to be potentially expensive if you aren't using your resources wisely, which using your resources wisely is a fundamental part of the Girl Scout law. So that's a big part of our Girl Scout kind of cultural experience is that we want to use our resources wisely. So Another way of having girls have autonomy and make decisions is things as simple as like choose which color you want to use, right? <laughs> choose uh, where you want to sit. Choose how you want to sit. Choose um, what order you want to do the activities in. Choose, uh, you know, who you're going to collaborate with. Choose 
you know, there's all kinds of ways that you can make choices and you can incorporate choice into the experience. And and I talked more about this in the Girl Led episode, but there's also lots of, that I did a, a few weeks ago, but there's also a lot of other ways that we can incorporate this like child-led slash girl-led psychological, um, like, institution of thought i don't know what the this thought leadership this concept right which can look like listening to them letting them express their opinions and ideas and holding space for them to be able to share letting them know that their voice matters that their opinions matter that their experiences are valid and giving them the floor when they want to share and and giving them the floor in encouraging them to share and and then letting them use their voice and if the way they want to use their voice is by not sharing because they don't want to talk then that's also them having autonomy over their own experiences right so if they would rather not say anything giving them the opportunity and the space to and then respecting their decision that is also girl-led like at the most fundamental level so it doesn't have to look like girls planning and leading meetings it literally looks like giving girls autonomy over their mind and their body and their experiences and their opinions and so on and so forth. So often just asking them like discussion questions and giving them a chance to make sure everybody has a chance for their voice to be heard as much as they want to contribute and then validating their ideas, opinions and experiences that is inherently girl led. So that is enough. And there's lots of other ways you might practice girl-led and you might incorporate girl-led, but that is a really simple way to get started. That is going to be a lot easier on you and also on your supply costs to incorporate things like girl-led. Okay, what else did you ask? How do you keep the levels together and determine how to run the activities for badge work? Do you do more brownie level things and make it work for the daisies? So... When I had in my multi-level troop just daisies and brownies in the beginning, when we only had those two levels and they were pretty close together in age, we had kindergarten through third. So we did have like the widest spectrum you could have across those two levels. But we did have there. I still felt like they were pretty much close together and they could pretty much do each other's activities. What we primarily did and, and at that time in my troop, we also had way more brownies than we did daisies. Like we started with just one singular daisy. So part of the reason we did more brownie activities is because most of the girls were brownies, point blank. And the daisy and ultimately daisies, but for a while, the singular daisy, we would try to find ways to incorporate the daisy and at the time, it was primarily really just daisy petals. Um, now, daisies have a lot more badges available, so it's actually a little bit easier to incorporate the crossover badges. But there are a lot of badges that are meant to be cross-functional across levels or to have built-in progression. If girls are interested in a subject, they can continue working on that subject as they continue to age up. So that lends itself a little bit more to multi-level experiences sometimes, um, but we would find ways to incorporate like daisy petal experiences to the brownie badges. And basically, as our troop grew, we and when we were still meeting as one big group, we would do a mixture of some of the badges overlapped, some of them we could kind of like pair up or we could incorporate certain things from one badge into another badge, whatever. We could do that. 
But a lot of times we would just kind of switch it up of like the girls are interested in painting and it doesn't matter that we have daisies, brownies and juniors. They're all going to paint. The brownies are going to earn the painter award and the juniors and the daisies are going to earn a fun patch. (laughs) Fun patches don't technically have to be earned, but whatever they participated in this activity will give them a fun patch. It goes on the back of the vest instead of the front. They really don't care. Like, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Like, they don't care. They feel like they got something. They had a good time. And they had, you know, the three keys to leadership, the discover, connect, and take action piece. They had the um, cooperative learning, the hands-on learning, and the girl-led aspect. They got to pick their colors. They got to have autonomy over what they made. They got to express themselves and use their voices. They felt like space was held for them. And they had the opportunity to make their own creative choices. They were hands-on, right? They were literally physically painting. Um, so at the end of the day, whether what shape the patch is and whether it goes on the front or the back of their vest or sash, they don't care. That's not that's not what they're that's not why they're there, right? And if you're at a point where a girl or her family is there because they're caught up in those kind of details, then either there's a GSLE experience that's missing or there hasn't been clear communication with the girls and their family about the GSLE experience. Because if families understand what it is that the girls are really getting out of the experience, then they don't care about the badges either. Um, But I honestly can't even imagine. Like, nobody from my families had any objection to how come she has more, like, patches on the back than on the front. Like, they didn't even know. They just put it where I told them to put it. Like, they don't know what's official. They don't care. They don't care. So, um. Anyways, all of that to say, uh, do you do more brownie level things and make it work for the daisies? I would say it depends on the ratio of the number of girls you have. If it's pretty equal, then I would do a mixture of both. Um, there's a lot of things that, again, can work cross-functionally. Um, if you have, like, it really leans far one way or the other. Like, for me, we had one daisy for a while. Then, um, yeah, doing mostly brownie activities makes sense and just adapt them for the daisy. Make sure the daisy has some extra or daisies or however many you have, have extra support, especially for more of the kinesthetic stuff because their hand-eye coordination is not going to be the same. Their processing is not going to be the same. Like they are younger, right? So they're going to need more help with scissors and they're going to need more help with folding and they're going to need like... They're literally going to need more hands-on help. So just make sure you have enough volunteers on deck that somebody can really be like a daisy point person or a couple of daisy point people, depending on how big your troop is. And um, they can really help with that aspect of it. But yeah, totally, you can just pretty much do brownie activities if it leans that direction. Just keep in mind that ultimately that Daisy's going to be a brownie. And then what? Like you still want her to have experiences to have when she's a brownie. We did read Petal stories together as a troop when I had daisies and brownies. Now, I did get the new daisy book. I haven't looked at it. (laughs) That's embarrassing. I've had it for months. I maybe did it come out a year ago? That's really, really awful. I don't even remember when it came out. Maybe it came out in the spring, but I think it came out last fall. I literally pre-ordered it and I... I have it. I have not opened it. So um, I don't know. I don't have any daisies right now. So um, 
so I don't know what the current state is of the pedal program, but I, I, the, the pedal stories that were very mixed, a lot of people did not care for them. My troop just loved that we read out loud together. They didn't even really care about whether the story was good or not. They loved getting in a circle together and having an adult read out loud to them. And it, it honestly didn't even matter how old they got, even as cadets, they loved that experience. I don't know about the pedal stories because we weren't doing that anymore by that point. Like, uh, at that point, we had enough levels and enough level leaders that the Daisies did the pedal program on their own, but uh, and the cadets were working on cadet things. So, <laughs> but we did read aloud. We read Mouse Scouts aloud. We read um, random books and stories out loud. They really, really, really loved that, and that's something they honestly never really grew out of, even though they could have read aloud or whatever. And if any of them had asked to or been interested in it, we totally would have allowed that but what they really loved was being read too it was something they asked for they really wanted and honestly we were happy to oblige because hello adorable okay next part of the question i feel overwhelmed there's lots of activities to choose from but it's a lot to decide what would be fun for girls who i don't even know yet Okay, I'm going to say this. That does get easier, first of all, because you know your girls. And second of all, what seems like a lot of material and a lot of opportunity now, eventually you kind of get used to what's available and it doesn't actually feel like very much at all. And in fact, you'll see a lot of people in Facebook groups demanding like, we need more, we need more, we need more. So when you're new and it feels overwhelming because there's so many possibilities and there's so much to do and it's like literally a choose your own adventure type of thing, that can feel overwhelming when you're like, oh my God, I have so many choices. So I would say um, the best thing I can do for like wanting it to be really fun, like really, really emphasizing I want it to be really fun no matter who the girls are and not knowing what they are interested in is to really keep your first several meetings like physical activity oriented. So field day type stuff, dance type stuff, um, running around, you know, scavenger hunts, those kinds of things. Girls do well, especially younger girls do well with more of the physical activity stuff and moving their bodies and like being kinesthetic learners that rather than like being asked to sit still, listen to lectures, watch videos, um, have conversations like that's really dry for girls you don't know yet. Now, once you know them and they know each other really well and the group has a really good cohesion, then they could really thrive in that, especially as they get older. Girls love talking, <laughs> but not not all, but as a general rule. Um, but in the beginning, it's easier if they have something to do. And I think, you know, some girls are very shy. So uh, giving them purpose and allowing them to kind of like move at their own pace and kind of do what they need to do and sort of like slowly come into themselves, that is going to be really, really helpful. So anything that's really physical, that's my recommendation for where to start. <laughs> I will say too, I think there are some badges that are just fun and brownies have some really fun. Painting is really fun. Um, painter, it's called. Also, home scientist can be really fun. Uh, we had, I think, one experiment we did as part of home scientist the first year we did it that um, wasn't as exciting as we hoped it would be. And that was the Skittles rainbow. It just uh, it was kind of hard for the girls and like harder than I expected it to be. And they didn't really get the result 
that the pictures made it look like they would get. And so there was a little bit of rainbow going on, but it just wasn't as thrilling as some of the other uh, experiments that we did. But they loved that enough that science experiment meetings became a really big part of what our troop did. And that is the other thing I'm going to say to you is that part of the point, especially with the younger girls, part of the point of the badge lineup and it being so eclectic and, and interesting is that it gives girls a chance to figure out what's interesting to them, to find out what they like, because until they've tried it, they really wouldn't know. So it's uh, dipping your toes into all of these potentially new subject areas and or subject areas that you might know a little bit about, but to kind of see them in a new way or try them in a new way or to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and to take risks and to push boundaries and to see what you're capable of so much more than you thought you were. All of those kind of experiences lend themselves really well to girls developing passions for things that they may not have even known they were interested in. So I can't tell you how many times the girls in my troop would say that at school they hated science and math. They were really bad at math, blah, 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 blah. But then when we would do like we had a we created a board game for cookie season prep, which we're not we're not in cookie season prep mode yet. So I'm not going there. Um if you haven't started hearing about cookies and like cookie training, that is probably coming soon, especially depending on your council and like what your cookie season is there. I think there is a council that has fall cookies. So you may start be hearing some of that. We're not going there yet on the podcast. We will in the next uh, probably November, December, we'll start like tiptoeing around some cookie discussion and some cookie preparation discussion. But for now, um, we're not really going there yet. But I will say this. We did like a board game for the girls to like a giant board game we made it out of poster board <laughs> and multiple like foam boards taped together and we created this like giant board game that we could put together on the floor or on a, on tables in the meeting room and the girls could do it individually or in pairs we did it different ways they had little characters and they would like race to the finish and um and there were activities and trivia questions along the way about cookies so they could you know practice their skills so these were girls who'd already sold cookies before and so it was recapping things that they you know knew from the past anyways so um they might say, I hate math, I'm bad at math, and then they would thrive in that board game environment. Or they would say they hate math and science and um, there's STEM everywhere. Everything at school is STEM. And then they would love the science experiment meetings. So <laughs> all of that to say that when it's presented in a way that's fun and they have autonomy over their experience, it's girl-led, it's hands-on, and it's cooperative learning, they may like things that they didn't even know they liked and that could actually shape their whole life. So um, it's meant to be a wide variety of activities and and you're meant to dip your toe in one by one. So yeah. Okay. Um, and then trying to go ahead and make plans for meetings for the year. Again, I don't know the girls yet. I don't know what they will like, if they will like what I choose. Okay. I've talked a lot about year planning on this podcast. That definitely does include knowing the girls and having already discussed with the girls what their opinions are, what they like, what they're interested in, what badges look fun to them. So you do have to start there. <laughs> so planning your meeting year is really planning your year of meetings is is pretty much impossible if you don't know your girls yet. I will say that what you could do is there are certain ones you could plan. So 
plugging in, you know, my first steps for year planning. If you've listened to my year planning episodes, if you haven't, they are on the podcast. I've been doing this podcast since 2018. I've talked about it many times, but the first thing is like calendaring. So looking at what are your actual meeting dates? And then also, how does that line up with major holidays? How does that line up with school breaks? How does that line up with like your own availability and your other troop volunteer availability, like your troop leaders and your co-leaders, whatever your meeting helpers, whatever, whoever you have, um, looking at their availability as well, because people have work events they know about, they have weddings, they have, um, you know, vacations and, um, all kinds of things that they can go ahead and already kind of pencil in. And if you can kind of get like a big picture then and see what the school breaks are, what the holidays are and what your dates are. And then you can also plug in things like fall product if you're going to do that. And if that's overwhelming to you and you don't even know what it is, just skip it this year. That's okay. And then uh, cookie season, go ahead and pencil the dates for cookie season in. And when you can get like a full picture of this is what kind of our year looks like there's certain things that become easy to plug in so in october juliet lowe's birthday which is founder's day is at the end it's halloween it's at the end of october so that's a really good time to either learn about juliet lowe or to have a birthday party for her or to do the girl scout way badge or all of the above right you could do some combination of that so you could go ahead and plan that meeting it doesn't matter what who the girls are because they could still participate in that uh looking at your cookie season you're going to do some cookie prep meetings because girls especially who have never sold Girl Scout cookies before. They need to learn the flavors. They need to learn the math. They need to learn, you know, what to expect. Like, what's a cookie season going to look like? And there's cookie pins. There's cookie badges. There's um, cookie business badges and financial literacy badges. There's all kinds of things to do that are formal in addition to just like literally learning about cookie season. So you can kind of plug in some meetings about cookies. Then um, World Thinking Day is in February. So you can go ahead and plan to do some. A lot of times people do World Thinking Day and global action meetings in February. Uh, it's a nice break from all the cookie selling at meetings to be able to do something different. And also, I mean, World Thinking Day is literally um, February 22nd. So I really hope that's right. <laughs> so um, sometimes I say things with like such confidence, like, yeah, I know this. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this is wrong? Somebody's listening and they're like, Sarah, you just said the wrong day. But anyways, um, so 22nd February is World Thinking Day and that is a global day. And again, we'll talk more about this as it gets closer, but you can kind of pencil in like your February meetings might be World Thinking Day and Global Action related. And then um, in March, Girl Scout Week is in the middle of March. <clears throat> it contains our um, Girl Scout birthday, which is uh, the day that Girl Scouts was founded, which is March 12th. So the week that contains March 12th is Girl Scout Week from Sunday to Sunday. So uh, you could do, again, you could do like Girl Scout Way type things. You can celebrate uh the founding of Girl Scouts. You can talk about the history of Girl Scouts. There's all kinds of directions you could go with that if you want to. You don't have to. We didn't always, but you definitely can. So you can go ahead and pencil that in. There's some things that seasonally might just make sense. Like um, I have a really strong memory as a kid 
of a Girl Scout meeting where we did a quote unquote haunted house, but I don't remember what all the activities were, but I remember we did do an activity that could fit in really well with the census badge where we were blindfolded, which in today's day and age, you probably either have to get permission to blindfold a kid, both from their caregiver as well as from the kid themselves, or you can just ask the kid to close their eyes. That's like a way more 2023 acceptable way to do things. But regardless, I digress. My memory as a kid is we were blindfolded and then we had to put our hands in uh, these things that felt creepy. So it was like a bowl of cold spaghetti, like cooked cold spaghetti and peeled grapes. And, you know, I don't remember if they told us they were creepy things or if it just felt creepy. And like, I don't really remember. Um, I think they told us they were creepy things. I don't really remember the details, but it does stand out really, really strong in my mind. It was really fun. We were all in Halloween costumes and I don't even, like I said, I don't even remember what the rest of the activities were. I just remember that specific one, but you could definitely incorporate like the census badge to that. You could also go ahead and pencil in like around Valentine's Day. This is also February, man. The ones I'm coming up with are all at the same time of year. <laughs> um, also in February, we've done at Valentine's Day, we've done some self-love activities. Um, and there are some badges that kind of lend themselves to that discussion. But honestly, like we've done activities for self-love at Valentine's Day that really didn't necessarily have anything to do with a specific badge. It's just that we felt like that was important and relevant at that time. Let's see. Also, your weather is going to matter with certain things. So that could definitely influence what you're doing at different times of year. We usually did some kind of end of year party and portraits and scrapbooking. I've talked about that a lot. So that was one of our last meetings. We would do that towards the end of the year. Probably also you're going to be looking ahead at next year so you can actually do a full meeting plan next year so that towards the end of the year, there's probably also looking ahead uh, if girls are bridging to the next level, um, depending on their grade level, then that's something that you can kind of plan is like bridging prep and the actual bridging ceremony, depending on if you're going to do something with your troop or with your service unit. Now, again, if you don't know what these words mean, like if you're new and you're like, I have no way, this is so out of my depth. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't have to plan a whole year. Okay. You don't have to. Why don't you just plan October, November, December right now? That if you really want to plan, why don't you just plan October, November, December? And if even that is overwhelming to you and you just don't know, you just don't know what you don't know, just plan October, okay? Just plan October. It's going to be okay. And it does get easier. The planning does get easier because once you know your girls and you know how Girl Scouts works and you know what the different like general words and terms mean, I promise you it gets easier. So <laughs> if all you do in 2023 for your troop is hold space for the girls to get to know each other and to do some fun things and to like be safe together um that's enough that's enough for your first year it i know that you want to create a really high impact experience for girls and you know what you're in the right place because everybody in this podcast community we all really really care about that that's really important to us and we talk a lot about that of like how do we create these really high impact experiences for girls um but you also have to give yourself grace and know and believe that what you're doing just by giving them a safe space to be girls is already so important and so critical that that is already high impact. 
Okay, think about in this world, how, and in this country, how few spaces there are that are truly safe for girls to be girls or for women to be women. It's, I don't mean to sound like all defeatist or, I don't know, victim mentality or anything like that, but like, just being able to take up space and be safe and be seen and be validated and respected and then also to like giggle and maybe do some cartwheels and make up a choreographed dance with their friends and uh, paint a picture, a self-portrait, an abstract self-portrait or whatever it is. Like that's even next level. But, But just having a safe space to just be (laughs) without the pressures of their teachers and their parents and the world and uh, boys in their classroom and um, gosh, school shootings and school shooter drills and talk about, I mean, it's been a while since we've had this kind of discussion in um, kind of school hallways, but like Russia invading Ukraine and America going to war, like, that kind of stuff does trickle down and kids, young kids are talking about this and they're dealing with this even in the hallways of their schools, of their elementary schools, right? And coming to Girl Scouts and just being able to take up space and be a girl <laughs> with other girls, <laughs> that matters so much already. That's already a high impact experience. So yes, we're going to continue to talk about how you can do even more than that and how we can take the safe space that we've created and we can cultivate these experiences for girls that are just amazing and that are memories that will stay with them hopefully forever positive ones happy ones and you know impact the trajectory of their lives that's awesome and we're going to talk more about that but just know that holding the space for them to begin with is already a high impact experience. So you're already doing it and it's going to be okay. Okay. So, so much more to come on um, all those other buzzwords that I was talking about. Definitely coming soon. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for you for now. And thank you so much for listening. I hope this is helpful. If it was, please take a moment to leave me a rating and or review. Uh, You can leave a rating on both Apple and Spotify if you happen to be listening on either of those apps. And on Apple, you actually have the option to write an actual review as well. And that is really meaningful to me because it lets me know there's a real person on the other side of this me talking into a microphone thing, but it also helps other people who are trying to find podcasts that they might want to listen to and they see the reviews and it matters. So it influences people's listening behavior as well. So if you would take a moment to leave a review, I would really, really appreciate that. And if you have questions, you want to ask me a question, you can ask me, uh, you can email me, girlscoutpodcast.gmail.com. The best way is to go into the Facebook group. So we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash girlscoutpodcast. That's actually technically the page. So start there, like it, follow it, whatever the correct terminology is these days. And then there's a little button there that you can join the group. So If you will join us in the Facebook group, you can actually participate in conversations with other people who listen to the podcast, and then you can ask your questions there. But if you have a question that's private, you can email it to me. You can DM me. Either way, it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for you. And I will see you next week.